this morning. Uh, we are gathering together to hear the word of the Lord. And I trust that you are all are doing well, that you had a, a blessed week, and that, the, and that the favor of God is evident in your life. To all those who are watching us um, from another part, another region of Namibia, or outside of Namibia, we know that we have a, a few people watching us who are not from Namibia. We, we welcome you, greet you. We are coming to you all the way from Walfish Bay, Namibia, and here to, to share the word of the Lord with you. I, was, I, I started a, a message of two weeks ago, and that message was about six principles for effective sonship. Now, I have been very tempted to speak to you about the, the kingly dimension of the church, and I, the, I'm so tempted, but I keep feeling I'm pulled back to revisit sonship for a while, or oh, I don't know how long that will be. So I'll be speaking again today on the six principles of effective sonship. And as I share this word with you, all these principles are, are evident within my own life. They are principles that I'm living. It's a lifestyle. It is not, it is not an event with me. It is something we do every, every week, every month. And, and we just kind of weave them together. I've weaved them together into one, into my life. Uh, it took some practice, but eventually they've all been at work within my own life and I can really tell you from experience not just from um, teaching you the scriptures but from experience I can tell you that if you do all these principles you will without fail see the provision of God the blessing of God and it will just be you will trust God and your trust will not be in vain. You will believe for something and it will not be in vain. You shall see that which you believe for. I, we all know that when you trust, the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And there are many, there are many believers, many children of God who trust God, who put their faith out. And as they put their faith out and that which they are hoping for does not come to pass, it, it breaks them in a sense. It wounds their faith. And so many believers are struggling with a wounded faith, a faith that has been affected negatively, and they struggle, therefore, to trust God for anything. And that's also one of the reasons why they begin to have a prayerless lifestyle, where they don't pray as much as they used to, because praying and believing and trusting and asking God does not really come to pass or it does not really, uh, they see no fruit in it and therefore they have no faith to pray and we wonder why sometimes people who used to pray a lot don't pray anymore. And so those are some of the reasons. But I think as you, as you go through these principles that I've been sharing with you, that you will really see uh, fruit. You will really see God um, come through for you. I have trusted the Lord many, many, many times. It is not just something 
that we can say two years ago we did this and the Lord came through. It is still up until this very day, we still trust, we still live by them. We still sometimes step out in faith and see God come through. And so monthly we have testimonies in our own life of these principles and how they have worked without fail. And, and it is only tradition that is of men that makes void the word of God in your life. You have to obey the word, but sometimes we create traditions and these traditions are good things that we say, but they, they release us, they free us from obeying the word of God. And it is in that tradition that you have made the word of God of no effect. So let me get into this message again. Today I will be going through these principles. I don't know which, which one, if I'll do all of them. I just kind of want to go through it. I felt that I should be a little bit more, um, share a few more testimonies from my own life so that you can see how these principles work. And so today will be more of sharing my life uh, with you and in that I hope that it will encourage you. So that's what I feel to do today. I will also give you some scriptures but let's get into this word. Let's go again to Galatians chapter 4 and verses 4. Galatians chapter 4 and verses 4. They're not Colossians but Galatians. So it says here, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. Uh, I did mention this the last time I spoke on this. So when the, when the time had come, when the right time was, had arrived for Jesus Christ, for the Son of God to come into the earth, He was made of a woman and He was made under the law. The, the, the law of Moses, the law that God gave to his people through Moses. Jesus Christ was under that law. And as he was under that law, the Bible says that he came under the law, in verses 5, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So he, he went to the cross to redeem us from the law, so that we could receive something. What is it that he wanted us to receive? He wanted us to receive the adoption of sons. Now this, the Greek word for these three words, adoption of sons, actually one Greek word, and it means to place you as a son. Uh, and, and it's not as a child, but as a son of God. So God actually had the whole time was desiring to give you your adoption. Now, we read about the, the scriptures talking about that, that God made promises to Abraham and that the, Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law that we might receive the blessing of Abraham. And the blessing of Abraham, he says, that we also might receive the, the promise of the Holy Spirit. So what was our inheritance? We were heirs of the promise. What was our inheritance? Our inheritance was to receive the spirit that comes from our heavenly father and to do that God had to make us an heir of the promises and so therefore in believing in Jesus Christ 
we have now become a seed of Abraham. We are children of Abraham. The Bible says, as many that is be of faith, the same are the children or the sons of Abraham. <coughs> Excuse me. So that has now made us um, heirs of the same promises that God gave to Abraham. And so God had to make us believers so that we could be come into the lineage of Abraham. And in doing that, we have now are able to receive our promise. And the promises that were laid up was the blessing of the Holy Spirit. He wanted us to give um, the Father. God the Father wanted us to receive the Holy Spirit. And when we had received the Holy Spirit, we, He came into us. The spirit of adoption came into us. And it's whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So now, as we receive the Holy Spirit, because we are now an heir of the promise, legally, we now receive that promise. And as the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, we now immediately connect to our Heavenly Father and we cry, Abba, Father. He, God has now become my Father. I have become His Son. I carry His Spirit within me. I have the seed of God the Father in me who is Christ. I am born of God. I have His DNA within me. I carry His genes inside of me. I am born of the Spirit. He, that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit and God is Spirit. So I come from Him. I am now His offspring. I, I have been lifted up. I am, I am like God. I, I, I have the potential that the, the things that God can do, I have the potential to do them because He has become my Father. So there are certain things about God that He shares with you. There are other things that He reserves for Himself that you are not able to partake of. And that is what makes Him God. And that, that brings a difference between you and Him. But in general, you have been lifted up and brought into the, the family of God. You've been brought into the Godhead. There's God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you have been brought into the Son, who is the second person in the Godhead. So, I want to tell you, you are a son of God. You are a son of God. And God is your Father. Now, the thing that you need to understand, that when you are a son of God, and when you've been brought into this family, and you have received your inheritance. <clears throat> so, what you need to see there is that much of your inheritance you have already received and so many of us are waiting for our inheritance not knowing that we have received many of the things that God has desired to give to us and, and, and in not understanding that we are not living in our inheritance what must you live in? you must live in your sonship you must live in the reality of that which you have now already received. You must enjoy it. You must partake of it. You are sharing in it. You are a shareholder. So, <clears throat> excuse me, as you, as you behold and understand that, you must believe it and live in the reality of what has been given to you. So, looking at that, you are made a son. You are not going to become a son. If we read on here further in Galatians chapter 4 uh, and in verses 6, it says, 
Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Verse 7, Wherefore you are no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So the first work that God did to bring you back unto him as a son that was lost was to, was to deal with your sin, bring, wash you, and, and, and the death that was in your spirit, to, which means, though why was the death there? It's because you were alienated, you were separated from the life of God. Eternal life, you were separated from it. But by God dealing with your sin, he, he, he made you a partaker of eternal life. And so you passed over from death unto life. And you are now born afresh, born new. And you have experienced your new birth. And in doing that, right there, you are born of God. And so you're not going to become a son. You are a son. You are born of God. It happened. The day you gave your life to Christ, the moment that faith came into your heart and you repented, you are a son. Um, you're not going to become one. You, um, maybe 10 years later down the road, you are a son. The, the problem is that many don't know that. Many don't have the revelation and the understanding that they are sons. Many don't understand that they are actually have received their inheritance and are still waiting one day, one day, excuse me, to go to to go to heaven, be with the Lord, and enjoy the pearly gates and the streets of gold. We, our inheritance is in the distant future, but you have already been a partaker of the inheritance that God has for you. Live in that, that is your reality. The deception of the enemy is to make you believe that you, have, that you still need to become and the deception of the enemy is to blind you so that you will never understand your, your inheritance and that you have already received it and what you should and what it is so that you can live in it. So that is where blindness and that is the work of the enemy to blind you, to withhold you from seeing that truth. And if you go to the to the to the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion. And verse 27 says, And so God made man in his image and his likeness. He made them male and female. Right? So the, that scripture tells you that God made man in his image. He made him in his likeness. Now when you go to Genesis chapter 3, where the serpent comes on the scene and Eve is having this conversation with the serpent. He tells her that in the day that you eat from the fruit of this tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will be like God. And surely God knows that when you eat, I'm not paraphrasing, surely God knows that when you eat from this tree, you will become like him. And so he gave her a message telling her that she was not like God and God was withholding from her to be like him. And so she needs to eat from the tree so that she can become like him. The problem was that God already may, had made them like him. They were in his image. 
And so if we don't understand who we are, if we don't understand our position, if we don't understand the work, of, the work that God had done through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we will constantly live under this notion that we still need to become. In that sense, we are already sons. Fix that in your heart today. You are a son of God. Whether you are a male or a female, this word son is used genderless. It's not, it's not, the word son is not for males and then it excludes females. No, the male and the female are sons of God because in Christ there's no male, there's no female, there's no bond, there's no slave. There is none of this. There's no Jew or Gentile in Christ. There is only Christ, who Christ is. Christ is the son of the living God. And we have been brought into Christ. We are now partaker of that sonship. We now share in this position as sons. You are a son of God. That is who you are. You are legally one. You have been adopted as sons. You have been placed as sons. There is nothing that can change that, right? Except, obviously, if you decide you don't want to know anything more about Christ, you go to the world and you forsake Christ. But uh, for you who are still in Christ, you are a son. I, sometimes you make a mistake, but you are a son. You, you sometimes miss God, but you are a son. There is, there is just nothing. It's a fixed and a permanent position. And, and this is where it requires faith. As you believe who you are, as you, as you believe in the identity that is given to you, that is how you become, um, or if I say the word become, that's how you begin to live out the reality of who you are. Okay, so if there is any, and, and I just need you to listen carefully to me now, if there's any becoming in your sonship, it is not so that you are trying to try as if you are not a son. No, you are rather the becoming or the growing in your sonship is that you are learning how to walk in the reality of who you are. You are learning this walk in the spirit. The more you learn of this walk and how to walk as a son and the more you have the ability to express the nature of who you are that you have received as an inheritance. You are partaker of the divine nature of God. The, the more you grow in your ability to express the patience, the long-suffering, the kindness, the goodness of God, it is in that growing that in a sense you are becoming because your, your ability to express who you are and, and more of the Spirit is coming forth than your flesh, your carnal nature. Um, so that is how you grow. And your inability to express the nature of God while you are a son of God is what makes you a child and not a mature son. That is what you need. That is how you got to understand it. <clears throat> otherwise, otherwise, we're trying to almost as inherit some. We're trying to work towards inheriting something that we have already inherited. We must learn to live in the reality. Do you understand what it means to trust God as a son? Do you understand the way of the son? When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, 
Nobody comes unto the Father except through me. He was not saying, I, Jesus, am the way. He was saying that I, the Son, am the way. The hodos, the word for way there is the Greek word hodos. It means the course, the manner of life, the, the path to be taken, the, the, the way that you use to approach the Father. How is that? A son. How did the prodigal son come back to the Father? He wanted to come back as a servant, but the way back to the Father is not to come as a servant or a slave. The way back to the Father is to come back as a son. You are a son of God. But if you are a son born again, you, you've given your life to Christ, you are now six months in this journey of being in Christ, but you talk bad, you swear at, at people, and, and you just have bad manners and things like that, you are, in that sense, you are a child because you are struggling to express your true self, the new man on the inside of you. And that's how you got to understand it. Now, um, I said all of that because I want that position in, in you, that faith that you are a son. Don't look at your, your physical. It's something that's done on the inside. You are a son. It's got to be so fixed in you. Um, because I know that when we make mistakes, we can feel like we are not. Uh, but that's just the feeling. You know, the reality, you have a fixed position, and that position is that you are God's son. So let me move on here. <clears throat> I said to you that the, one of, the, there's no specific order in these six principles. It's just, it's just uh, principles that the Holy Spirit made me aware of that he had built into my life that I was practicing without my knowledge. Um, Number one, I told you that the default setting. When Adam sinned and he fell from a, from a higher state of existence to a lower state of existence, that's the fall, going down, a descent. He was living in this state of existence and then in his sin, he fell down to a lower state of existence. And this is why we struggle with all these depressions, rejections, and pain, and, and whatever. He not only felt it, but one of the ways he also fell, he lost his mind, his identity as a son. And so what God does is, he employs a sent one, preachers, people who are who are there to teach you the Word of God. They are there to, to give you the doctrine of sonship. The doctrine of sonship is to reinstall to you the mind that you lost and to reinstall into you the identity. So as you look at that, as you look at that, you need to, you need to be sure of who you are and and what that does is it's the doctrine it's the doctrine it's the teachings it's the teachings of sonship uh, if you go to ephesians ephesians let's go to ephesians chapter 4 
Ephesians chapter 4 and verses, verses uh, let's read verses 11. So he says here, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, uh, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the fivefold ministry is meant to, to come and equip the saints and to help them to come to this place of the knowledge of the Son of God. Now that does not only mean the knowledge of understanding who Jesus was as the Son of God, but it is also coming to the knowledge of who you are. You are God's Son. And so you need the doctrine to reinstall into you your identity and, and the mind, the thinking, the paradigm of thought within you that allows you to live within the new reality of who you are. You are born of God. As you, as you listen to that doctrine on sonship, that doctrine of who you are, that doctrine that shapes your identity, that doctrine that informs you on your reality, um, how to behave, how to, how to live out who you are. As you listen to that, you are reinstalling into yourself the, your identity and your mind. Now, when you have this, this doctrine, this mindset, you need to use this mindset in your situations or circumstances. So for example, so for example, something comes, if, if you're just journeying with Christ and all of a sudden a problem comes your way, you must from this default setting, this mindset that I'm a son, you must address and respond to the situation. You cannot just uh, allow it to come and then say, oh, what am I going to do? What did I do wrong now? Or things like that. God will sometimes show you what you did wrong. But the first response, the first natural response you must do is to respond to it as a son of God. Why? Because this is now your identity. This is your mind. And this is how you respond to it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So as you, as you think like that, you, you, you got to respond in that way. I give you a, uh, an example within my own life, uh, a testimony that I have. We, 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 we used to have our, our services or our meetings, our Sunday meetings in a, in, a, in a gym where we used to pay rent there. And we paid like 500 rand a month, which is not really much. Um, but it was that, that kind of thing accommodated my mindset. You know, I didn't have that mind as a son. And so uh, we, that 500 a month was actually the accommodation of how you see yourself and how you view yourself. As I began to grow in my sonship and came to the knowledge of who I am, I remember in the beginning of that year, just in, this, in the same year that we moved out of that building, but in the beginning of the year, as, I, as the Lord was speaking to me about my sonship and that He is my Father, I, I announced to our, our church in the beginning of the year, I said, if we understand this message that God is our Father and we are His sons, 
we will do things beyond what we are now doing. Six months later, we moved into a different, another building where it was our own building and we, we paid rent there, which was, which was probably, I think maybe 500, I don't know how much percent up there. It was just in the thousands that it moved up our rent from, from just paying 500 rand. And I remember, I remember going into the building and we starting to work, the putting in the walls, putting in the screens, um, buying chairs and, and making tables and all these type of things and painting the building and it costs money. And as we're going through it, I, I feel that depression coming upon me. I feel that worry, that anxiety. After having made the decision, I said to him, thoughts ran through my, my head going, what did you do? How are you going to pay this money? This, this rent is more than your income before you moved into this building as a, as a church. Our rent was more than our income at that time. And I said, where are we going to get this money? Oh, what did I do? Was I thinking? And, and uh, I remember as we were coming one day and we were working on the, on the building and I went down, outstay, um, down and I went outside and I sat in the car and as I sat in the car, this fear just came upon me, it hit me and I felt in my stomach nauseous and I wanted to, I felt like I wanted to throw up because of the fear that had gripped me and, and there in that car, I said to myself, I am a son of God. God is my father. He will provide for me. He will take care of me. He is my father. Uh, he knows what I have need of before I ask him. And that, and that scripture means that he's already doing something about it. Even before I ask, God is already doing something. He knows what I have need of. I used to say that to myself. I responded based upon the installation of the revelation of who I am as a son of God. It did not mean that I would never feel depression or anxiety, but when I felt it, I had to respond back to it. I had to speak back to it. I, didn't, I shouldn't just be quiet and say nothing, especially in the beginning when you're journeying this. You know, it's not enough to just think to yourself, ah, oh, you know, I'm not going to even pay attention to this fear. No, you need in the beginning to speak. Like what Jesus said, you quote scriptures, you address it, whether you speak to yourself. So what happened is that it would happen, that would happen every week, maybe every second day, I would feel that fear. And when that fear came, I would just for five minutes begin to say, I am your son, you are my father, you know what I need, you will provide, you've already taken care of my needs, I am your son, you will not fail me. You take care of the lilies, you take care of the ravens, the birds, you feed them, you clothe them, you can take care of me. You will clothe me. You will feed me. Uh, those were my personal battles. As I did that consistently, what happened was that fear left me. It no longer bothered me. It no longer came to me. Uh, and if I had accommodated that fear, it would have crippled me and we would have never paid our rent uh, in this building. And so... I, I, can, I can sit back and say to you, we paid the rent. 
We're still paying the rent. And it has just been God's faithfulness. And so what I'm telling you is that you have to use your mind. The, the default setting is that you are God's son. And you have to use that mind, that thought pattern, that paradigm of thinking. When we teach you that God is your father, we are saying what Jesus said to us. That consider the lilies. Consider how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet your heavenly father clothed them. And that Solomon in all his glory was not clothed as one of these. When Jesus said to us, consider the ravens. They sow not, they reap not, neither create storehouse or barns. But yet your heavenly father fed them. He used the word father. That, that's the mind that you got to dress yourself in. That's the attitude that has to be installed into your spirit. That this doctrine of sonship has to install an attitude, a healthy attitude, not an arrogance that where you feel you are better than other people. It is, a, it is a confidence, it's an attitude in your relationship with God about who you are. If your attitude and your confidence makes you feel better than others, then you are proud. But if your confidence is in God and in your reality of your relationship with Him, this, this is not pride, this is confidence in God. This is you saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, this, you, you've got to lose confidence in yourself, but you've got to find confidence in God and in your relationship with Him as His Son and God as your Father. This is, this is the installation. This is the attitude. This is the stance that you must have. This is how you must respond to your situations when they come your way. You've got you to announce to them that I am the Son of God. I am a Son of God. Don't you know that God is my Father? You've, you've got to take that stance. You've got to be a posture that's built, erected inside of you. Uh, it keeps you standing. And that is how God, that is how God then uh, works through you. And this is you standing in your authority. I want to give you, uh, go to another scripture as I'm thinking. Yeah, I can really sense how the Lord wants to encourage you. How the Lord wants to, to, to build faith into you. Lift you up. Whatever situation that you are facing right now that, that came your way, I want to tell you, respond. Stand up, Son of God. Lift up your voice. Take up your position and speak back and announce to them who you are and who God is to you. He is your Father and He will not fail to meet your needs. That is the way that you need to respond. Go with me to John chapter 1, verses, verses 12. Verses 12. Again, I'm still on this first point. I didn't expect to be um, going so long on one of these points, but it doesn't matter. Let's just stick to how the Holy Spirit is leading us. John 1, verses 12, it says, And as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, and even to them that believe on his name. Right? So here it says, To them that have received him. To receive who? The Son, Jesus Christ. To them that have received him. To them did he give the power to become 
sons of God. Now this word power is a Greek word, it's exosia. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing correctly, but um, that's how I pronounce it. And this word exosia, it means authority. It also means the right to. It means that somebody has transferred to you the right to do something. And in the right to do something, you have now the authority to act in it, in what has been given to you. So if I, for example, will give to somebody and say, here is my car keys. Take the car and drive. Uh, you can drive to go on holiday with it. I've immediately transferred authority. That person has the legal right to drive my car and go on holiday with that car. That's an authority, in a sense, given to that person. Now, this scripture is saying that when you have received, accepted the Son of God, Jesus Christ, into your life, uh, something has been given to you. Authority, a legal right related to your position in Him, which is that you are God's Son. The next thing it says here, uh, to them He has given power to become sons of God. Now that word become in the, in the Greek, it means, one of its meanings is to exist, right? Uh, so what is the scripture now saying? That when you receive the Son of God, Jesus Christ, Christ into your life, the seed of God, the DNA, the one that comes to regene you on the inside, that, that person, when you have received Christ into your life, the life of God, is Christ. When you've received him, immediately an illegal authority, right, and position has been transferred to you. You are now placed as a son of God. And in your authority as a son, you now must learn to exist as a son of God. That means God is saying the choice, the authority to live as a son or as a mere human being is yours, not mine. I gave you the authority. That means you must take up the right, the legal right and the position that I have transferred to you and choose whether you will live as my son or just as a son of a normal man. You can exist. That means when you live as a son of God, your environment begins to respond to you. Things begin to move towards you. When you stand, when you take up your position in that manner, take it up. When you say, I am a son, when you respond in that, that, that default setting, that doctrine of the, that is installed into your identity and your position and made you realize who you are, when you stand in that position, when you take up the right to exist, become, a son of God, then what happens, things move for you. Things start to shift. Things start to direct themselves. Things start to find their way to you. Why? Because the scripture says, the scripture says that all things are given to the son. All things submit to the son. So when you understand this, so how many times have you faced a problem and you've just allowed it to overcome you, but you didn't stand up, authority, exosia, position yourself, 
took up your stance and stood against it and said, listen, don't you know who I am? I am a son of God. God is my father. He will never fail me. Wow. I think God at that stage becomes proud of this boy. Say, hey, this is my son. He knows who I am. He believes in me and he believes in who he is. So the, the testimony that I shared with you uh, regarding the building that we moved into, when fear came upon me, at that moment, there was a choice to be made. The choice was, am I going to listen to this fear and am I going to go along with what I am feeling? For example, the thoughts that came into my mind that said, what did you do? Where are you going to get the money? If I went along, if I accepted those thoughts, if I accepted and, and, and went along with it, at that moment, I gave that spirit, I would have given that spirit of fear, the authority, the authority to short circuit our provision so that we would never have paid the rent in the building. I would have allowed that. And who, did, who would have done that? Not God, me. Why? Because God transferred to me the authority, the right, the legal right to exist as a son of God. That's what God did. He transferred that right to me, that authority. It is with you. You must choose. You must choose how you're going to respond. And in that moment, I decided, no, I am going to take a stance. And when I did that, I was taking up the power that was given to me to exist as a son of God. And when I did that, there was a war that was going on between me and the spirit of fear. And as that war was going, there was a wrestle at that moment. It is in the car. This wrestling is not when you have your prayer meetings on a... On a, on a Tuesday night or whenever. The wrestling is when you are, when you go into your workplace or wherever you are and you are feeling the depression, you are in a war at that moment and you have to fight those battles. You have to overcome, you have to take up your position, take up your right to exist as a son and understand. And that's why the doctrine of sonship brings you to you the understanding what it means when I say I'm a son, it means, that, it means that what the Father has belongs to me. I am an heir of those things. When I say I am a son, it means God is my Father. I am no longer an orphan. I do not need to work for my money. That does not mean that you should leave your job. Let me just say that also right there. But what it means is that God as my Father will take care of me. If God has become my father, he will clothe me, he will feed me, and he will do everything that a natural father should do for me. He can do it and even more. So I want you, I want you to see that. I want you to understand that. And take up today your authority. Stop accepting what your environment is telling you. I, I, I give you another example. In a, in a default setting, living by, 
Your mind, I remember in, you know, what's it now, 2018. In 2017, December, I went on holiday. I was in Cape Town. I came back from holiday. It was January 2018. I was, we were going to have our first Sunday meeting after, after having taken a break from our meetings. And I was asking the Lord, you know, what should I say? What should I say to, to your people? And as I was asking him, um, the Lord said to me, tell them not to, not to listen too much to what's happening in the economy. Tell them that their greatest asset in a failing economy is me, Jesus Christ, God the Father. And I said, yes. And... Um, and because at that stage there was many talk and people were coming and say business is bad and things are happening and we don't know how we're going to make it and it's just looking, it's just going from bad to worse. And, and, uh, and, I, and I remember in myself, I said, man, I said, I don't care how it's going with the economy. I said, this year, 2018, I looked at my wife and I said, we are going to prosper this year. It doesn't matter how the economy is. You see, the environment, if I accepted what was happening in the environment within the economy, it meant I was saying to myself that I am just a human being. I am just a man. So I am subject to my environment. But that is not the reality. There's a, there's a, there's a newborn reality on the inside of you. You are God's son. That means that's, that son within you can live outside of the environment. It's not affected by the natural environment. And if, it, if you choose to live and walk by the Spirit, which is sonship, when you choose to walk by the Spirit, then the natural environment cannot affect you as, as, as whether you would have, had, have accepted the environment as a human being. So I, I would hear these stories and I said to myself, I'm going to shut my ears. I don't want to hear how's it going with the economy. You can go into all those conversations. And I know sometimes for people who are in business, this is difficult. But you have to learn how to live in that environment and live separately and walk from above in your sonship reality. So as we did that, as I said, and every now and then I would we are driving the car and I'm looking at my wife and all of a sudden I would just feel it. I, mean, I just felt that faith. I would say to my wife, this year, I don't care how is it going with the economy, but this year we are going to prosper. This year we are going to prosper. And, and then come a few weeks later, I would say that again to my wife. We drive in the car and I'd say, this year. What is that? That's the default setting. That's me understanding what it means to be a son because... Because I have, I, have, I have received the doctrine of sonship, the installation of my identity, of who I am. And as I took that stance and said that the natural, what's happening in the natural is not going to be my reality. I am going to live by the reality that I am God's son and he is my father. As we did that, that same year, 2018, my wife and I, we prospered. We prospered. We advanced. It was, 
we still had conferences and did things that cost us lots and lots of money we still did it we went forward there was no there was no cutting of budgets and things like that we just went forward so i want to tell you i want to tell you that we need to we need to look at this and really and really um take up that authority i encourage you to take up that authority to live in that reality of who you are that default setting what situation is there that's coming are you feeling depressed are you worried are you are you are you thinking how am i going to pay did you lose your job or what happened to you let me tell you you don't have to be subject to your environment i remember i remember at one stage as i was um i used to get sick a lot um every month and yeah in where we are living for those of you who are not from wolfish bay the weather changes every week you can say it's summer but you can have cold winds blowing and you can feel like winter almost and so the weather changes a lot and people tend to get sick a lot and it had begun to affect me um, my wife and our our children so that when one got sick everybody got sick and this happened every month as i looked at that and we had gone a whole year of every month being sick it was uh, at one stage we were really feeling sorry for ourselves and and went into the into the next year and we had the summer and as we were drawing into into going into winter and cold weathers and that season i was standing on a tennis court at that time i was coaching and as i was standing on the tennis court i was thinking to myself we've been getting sick even in summer and i thought to myself and winter is on its way and then i thought man we are now going to get sick we are now going to get it tough i was just thinking to myself and as i was thinking that the lord spoke to me and i wasn't really speaking to him i was just thinking and he spoke to me and he said you do not have to be subject to seasonal changes and i thought to myself yes that's true I am a son. Okay, at that stage I didn't really know have the revelation of our sonship, but I understood that to walk in the spirit is to walk from above. And it it means that you are it means that you 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 can allow the realm of the spirit to become your reality even in the earth. And that's how your natural environment begins to submit itself to something that's higher. to the heavens the heavens are higher than the earth and that's how the heavens begin to subdue your environment that your environment responds to the stance that you take and i remember 2 weeks later i was walking down the corridor in our house and the holy spirit said to me whatever you bind now is bound and i knew you were talking about becoming sick and i said right now in the name of jesus christ i bind every sickness i will not 
get sick this winter. And lo and behold, it was two years later where I got sick again for the first time, which was a miracle. I went through that winter without getting sick, which even in itself is, is something to achieve as someone who was getting sick every, every month. So I want to I wanna let you know, as I end with, I think I'll, I'll just leave here with this default setting, the, the mind that you must have. And is this mind that I am God's son? I've said it quite a few times. You must have this mind. If you have not had a teaching like this before, you need to get this teaching on sonship. Who you are in Christ. Your identity. Your true identity. Find yourself. As you live in this identity, when you face things, when things just by itself come to you, not situations that you have created, but things by itself, all of a sudden you're just feeling depressed and anxiety and all these kind of things coming your way that is contradicting the, what the doctrine of sonship had taught you about what is your reality. You don't need God to speak to you at that time. You respond to it based upon the reality of who you are. I am God's son. He is my father. I want to encourage you today. Have you accepted your situation as your reality? Have you gone along with the thoughts? With the thoughts, if I lose my job, nothing will happen to me. Are you running with those things? Are you silently thinking it alone at night in your bed, thinking about if I lose my job, how am I going to survive? Fear grips you. Are you sitting and saying, "My, I have had a salary cut because of COVID-19. How am I going to survive? And you find it difficult to pray. Has depression got a hold of you? I want to tell you, don't accept that as your reality. Do not. That is not the reality. That is, that is a lie. The truth is, that may be a fact that those are the things that are happening around you. It may be facts, but the truth will not always agree with the facts. And the truth is that you can live as a son. The truth is God can meet your needs. That's the truth. Can you believe this? Can you believe this? Uh, Yesterday, somebody sent me, sent me a, a message and in the message, they spoke about a dream that they had. And they said, in the dream, they were sitting with me and I was teaching them in the dream. And, I was, and we were discussing and, and, and one of the scriptures was on Romans 10 verses 10. It says, with the, with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the, 
with, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And there was another scripture and, and in the dream I was asking the people that were sitting there, what generation is this? And in the dream the person responded and said, this is the 42nd generation. And for those of you who don't know, it's the generation of Christ according to Matthew chapter 1. And, um, and then in the dream I said, no, as if I was saying, no, that's not the generation. And according to Romans chapter 1, um, Rome, sorry, Romans chapter 10 verse 10, with the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made. And the basic point of the dream is that what generation is this? This is the generation that must believe. This is the generation that must believe who they are. This is the generation that through faith must come to a bold confession and say, I am God's son. And doesn't matter what's happening around me, the kingdom of God cannot be shaken. And I am a citizen of that kingdom and I will live in that reality. This is the generation that God wants at this moment. A generation that will believe in their hearts. And from believing in their hearts, they will confess. And out of their confession, they shall enjoy salvation. That's what I want to say to you. This is the generation that we are. We must believe that we are sons. Live in it. Live in it. So let me pray with you. Let me pray with you to take up your authority as a son of God and exist as one and see how your environment begins to change. It's almost as if your environment, as if you are living in an embassy from another country. And that embassy is not affected by the environment it's in because of sonship. Just bow your heads and close your eyes and pray with me. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to those who are watching. I lift them up before you. I want to pray in such a way where I declare in my prayer that they are sons. I pray that the spirit of adoption that they have received will begin to stir up in them the reality of who they are. And I pray that they will have, that they will develop a healthy stubbornness. A stubbornness that's healthy, that's not related to pride, but a stubbornness that says, I will not bow down to our, my environment. I will not bow down to depression. You are beneath me. I will not bow down to anxiety. I will not bow down to what it looks like in the natural. But by faith, I will live in the unseen reality. So Father, I pray for that you will strengthen their faith. I pray that you will strengthen them in the inner man by your spirit. And I thank you today, Lord, that we can rebuke, Father, fear, 
anxiety, depression, and worries, Father. I thank you. I pray for faith. I pray that their faith will not fail them. And I pray that we will hear of your testimonies in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message. I know that God has been encouraging you. I know, I felt it. God has been speaking to you. May you enjoy the rest of your week. May it be, may it be a week of living in the reality of who you are as a son of God. God bless you and enjoy the rest of your day. Until next, next week, see you.